And one of my friend's wives turned to me and said, I'm so sick of you complaining about not having money. Why don't you fucking do something about it? It was the kick in the pants I needed. You know, so I said, I'd never thought about that before. I never thought that you could make money on your own or do something other than just, I chose this career for the rest of my life in high school. Yeah. And that's what I, well, that's where I'm in. Welcome back to the Mac podcast where we talk about anything about real estate, business, and we always challenge the conventional thinking. Guys, if you're tired of following the same old advice and want to learn more how to break free from the herd and create real success, you are in the right place. Um, guys, I don't have any ads on this channel, but please, if you get some value today, please share it with somebody. Like, uh, maybe someone needs to hear this. The only way that this channel may grow is if you share it with somebody um, or subscribe to the channel for more content. Um, guys, today I have an awesome guest, which I'm excited because I think we all struggle with this. Um, he had a W-2 in mental health for a long time. Uh, he's a real estate investor for the last 10 years just to increase his income because he didn't make enough at his W-2. Um, and he became an entrepreneurial therapist. Um, he has a number one bestseller book called Next Level Your Life. And uh, everyone, welcome Chris Schwegel. Chris. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Mark. It's awesome. You know, it's it's so great to be talking to a fellow North Dakotan. You know, I grew up in Fargo. So oh, I apologize to your audience in, in advance because I our accents are going to just outduel each other here. <laughs> we'll have a battle up north battle. I was just at a conference and yeah, they're like, are you from up north or Canada? It's like, ah, pretty close. An hour, a couple hours. That's awesome. Yeah, I was yeah. just down in Texas, right? And I flew in at night. I wake up in the morning and I go down to uh, Continental Breakfast and I feel an arm on my shoulder and a lady says, you want some tea, honey? And I was like, you talk funny. And she's like, you talk funny. And I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> well, hey, you got to have fun. Otherwise, uh, and, and you know, from North Dakota, we like to have some fun. Uh, and I'm excited, man. So how, what did you do? How did you get into mental health? Like from the very beginning, I just kind of want to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. So um, I escaped from North Dakota when I was 13. Uh, okay. So I went to, I went to Nina, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, with my folks, I didn't have much say in that move, I guess. And, and there I, I noticed that right away, uh, you know, I got a fresh perspective because I wasn't, you know, I was an outsider. And so it just hit me that every single day, the same like five or six kids got called to the principal's office after school every day. And that kind of started my journey because I was thinking, I don't know those kids. I'm terrified of those kids. They're like the school bullies. But for some reason, I saw through that and had some empathy for them, thinking, I don't think that I want to have those kids' lives. Okay. I don't think most people do. I doubt that they would choose the lives that they live, even though they're the bullies. I could kind of see through some of that mm -hmm. and see their fear, see their scared mentality. Maybe home life wasn't great. And for some reason at that time, I wanted to do whatever I could to uh, help them. You know, I didn't hit puberty until I was like 31 years old. So I wasn't going to help these big kids at all when I was like 13 <laughs> years old, and like weighed like 60 pounds. Uh, but it was just in my mind about learning how to um, find strategies and different techniques to help kids like that. So went to college at University of Minnesota here, and I still live in town here in Minnesota. Okay. And uh, went there, studied psychology. I always knew I was going to study psychology. 
got a second degree in child psychology, got a master's in social work, uh, because psychology, for the most part, is about diagnosing disorders. There's something wrong with you. Let's figure it out. I liked social work more because it was, sure, there's some things that are wrong, but let's focus on the things that are right. And let's get you in some environments where you could thrive. And let's get an ecosystem around you and within you with your mindset, with different therapies, all that kind of stuff that help you be the best you. So that's what got me uh, on my journey of getting a, becoming a social worker. And so my first job, I helped those kids and not those kids specifically, but uh, kids in town here who are on probation for truancy, okay. which is not going to school, you know, so I got paid to get butts and seats kids would boost a car this and that so i would do different therapies with them we'd go on different outdoor adventures things like that uh moved my way up in the ranks you know from working with people experiencing homelessness mental health crisis center people want to die but aren't hospitalized people are going through so much anxiety that they can't make a phone call or leave their house for months Mm. would help them out and then my last job was uh just providing therapy for people in the community for the past 10 years. And so it's just something I've always wanted to do. So that's, that's my journey there. Yeah. Well, what, you know, I I know you, we were talking about you, you just happened to get into real estate investing. What, what led you to that path and what, what made you curious about it? Yeah. Great question. Um, Like looking back, it's like so weird, but, um, I didn't know about this at the time. Now I do that. There's three levels to being in social services. This is any sort of psychologist, social worker, nurse, whatever. Yeah. There's three layers or three kind of steps. First step, I'm going to do yoga in prison with your most hardened criminals ever because my heart and soul is in it. Oh, you're, you're paying me $3 and 25 cents an hour. You don't have to, but I'll take it. You know, it's the, the person who is working to fulfill their heart and soul. They want to put a stamp on this earth. And that's awesome. That that was me. And that's a lot of people. Okay. Step two is you, usually when you're around 30, late 20s, 30s, you notice other people are having kids. Other people are getting filthy rich in the construction business, you know, or, you know, yeah. for me, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> me, it was like, I had friends who were architects, engineers. One of my friends was a financial analyst. They're going to Costa Rica. I'm working weekends at a bar to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And that pissed me off. Yeah. And that pisses off a lot of people. So step two is I'm going to become a supervisor. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make more money, but I don't actually have my direct practice anymore. And then step three is, you know what? I can make a ton more money going other places. I don't like this anymore. But I'm trapped because these are the skills I know. So you either become jaded and stay where you're at. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time. I work with a bunch of those people. Okay. Or two, you leave it and go for profit. Wow. One of my missions in life is to create a third option, passive income, that keeps that person in their job, fulfilling their purpose, because they can add supplemental income other places. Okay. So what got me into real estate investing was a trip to Costa Rica. I saved all of my allowance, all of my coins. I paid for it in coins. It was 12 crown royal pouches of quarters that I had saved up working at the bar. And I took the red eye flight 
I took a Greyhound bus from Minneapolis to Chicago. And then the the red eye flight from Chicago to San Jose. And then I, uh, I took a motorcycle ride from San Jose, Costa Rica to this all-inclusive resort. And I made only pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And oh. all my friends were getting ready to go out to eat. And one of my friend's wives turned to me and said, I'm so sick of you complaining about not having money. Why don't you fucking do something about it? It, it's intense yeah i looked at my friend he was like oh dude i'm so sorry i married this woman uh that's my bad but it was the kick in the (laughs) pants i needed you know so i said i'd never thought about that before i never thought that you could make money on your own or do something other than just i chose this career for the rest of my life in high school and that's what well that's where i'm in so i went back to the library back home in, in minneapolis here checked out rich dad poor dad and I think oh, we yeah. all know what happened then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, man, you owe that girl some money today, probably. I do. Actually, I'm helping them uh, move some patio stones around this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're 22 and a half pounds each, and I'm going to move about a thousand of them. Oh, that'll be a great workout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's inspiration. Yeah, that's well, that should be a lot of inspiration. So you're not you're not telling anyone go you know, got to quit your job and go do your thing and, and try to find a new way to provide income. You're just telling them change the way you're investing and, and find a resource like real estate obviously helped you, you know, become financially free and help become passive income. It just ex- it increased your income. Um, mm-hmm. What were you doing before that? Uh, were, was it just like 401ks or, or conventional methods? Yeah. 401ks. It was basically, it was denial. My whole like money perspective was deny that money is a thing. You know, money is the root of all evil. I don't need it. But what I was on was I was on a path to bitterness, you know, um, a life of contempt, you know, because what was going to happen? Like, let's fast forward 20, 30, 40 years. I'm not putting away 50 grand a year in my 401k. I'm putting away 6% of a $19 an hour job, Mm. you know, it's not going to get there. And our HR director was picking the stocks and stuff like that. You know, it's, it it was a losing game and I feel awful. And part of this was sparked by seeing my parents open uh, their 401k, you know, stuff and, and seeing it crash at times. And like, that's just like really impactful. And in my family, you don't talk about money. Like it's on your level uh-huh. and I'm their kids. So they don't talk about it with me. Yeah. And so I didn't have a lot of mentors other than you, you clip coupons, yeah. you, um, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit, you know, yeah. you mow your own lawn and cook your own food. Yeah. Um, business owners and salespeople are shysters, you know, all that kind of stuff about it's really limiting beliefs and it's really self-care. I've realized it's self-care because it keeps people from dreaming more and wanting more. And it keeps people from not failing. If I follow the herd, sorry for the pun there. That's awesome. But I if like I follow that. the I like herd, that. if I follow the herd, I'm broke just like everyone else, yeah. you know? And so I decided, I guess, at that point to unfollow the herd. And I got a lot of kickback from my family. Like, what the hell are you doing? Is this legal? I got the question. Is this legal? Oh, yes. It's legal to buy a duplex 
and rent the upstairs, you know? Yeah. And my whole, my whole philosophy is, as you know, you know, turnover is your biggest deal. So if I can keep that upstairs tenant as happy as possible, then things are going good for my business. Yeah. And I realized the hidden superpower I had as a, a landlord and real estate investor was being a social worker, asking great questions. Yeah. The ability to listen, the ability to be a human for some reason is a superpower in business. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is awesome. Yeah. And, and so that one, that's funny that your parents, you know, they thought it was illegal, but the, the problem, (laughs) like you see is like the parents are the mentors, right? Like what the parents don't know, if I only learned what my dad taught me and what my mom taught me, I'd be clipping coupons. Um, we'd still be driving the car named Juicy that we bought for two hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, and that's an awesome name for a car. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't know if it was gonna start or not, and something with the battery, so we got a nickname <laughs> Juicy. Uh, and and you know, it's just like it's really sad that. Uh, you know, bill collectors always call on the phone. Don't answer the phone. Uh, it was just like, it was, it was survival. Like, uh, my parents were divorced. So, and then, and then on my dad's side, it was construction company. So we poured a lot of concrete where I learned all my, all my skills and trades through him, which I'm super grateful for. But the problem was every time he hired more employees, it was just more problems because he didn't, he didn't have systems or processes. He just had, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, if I hire more people, it's just going to, they're going to create more problems for me and I'm going to have to pay them. So, you know, he just always small mindset and, and, the, and, you know, the paradigm today, I have 50 employees and my dad would just be like, he's like, you got so many problems. I'm like to dad, I, I check in once a week and make sure they're all alive. You know what I mean? So I, he doesn't understand that, but that's who I learned from. Right. And it took some pain. It took me seven years to really figure out. And I went through like anxiety uh, night sweat, you know, I like, I was a mess as a concrete worker. Cause I got up to like 15 guys, but I was running them just like dad did. And, mm-hmm. uh, all I was doing is running myself into the ground. Um, which I didn't realize at the time. I thought that's what success looked like. Uh, just every minute of your day consumed. And then, uh, I just knew I needed to change and that's how I found real estate. But it, the point is like your parents are your mentors. I know they are doesn't mean that you have to follow them and believe me we're not doing illegal things it's just outside the box thinking from the norm so i it's a solid point and where where do you see i'm curious since you have the social worker and you ask good questions what how do you see like the limiting beliefs of an entrepreneur or maybe someone who just works a normal w2 job why would they never leave investing their 401k and and never leave to go invest in anything else or or even think about it Mm, that's a great question that's a fascinating question and part of the reason why i've started doing therapy for entrepreneurs is because people were uh afraid when i was like raising capital for different investments and i'd ask them why are you doing this uh they would say because my family it's it's what we've been uh conditioned to say And then I would dig deeper. I said, why? And a lot of times people wouldn't have a great answer for that. Mm. Uh, And so how deep do you want to go on this? You know, like how how deep do you want this answer to go? What, why do you think, I don't know if it's 99% of people, they're going to work a job and, and, you know, they're going to invest in their 401k. How do you, how do Mm. you break that for them? Why, 
you know, maybe they, they're curious about real estate. They're curious about investing in something else, but can't quite get them over the edge. What, yeah. you know, can you answer any bells for them? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, you're, you're afraid of making a mistake first and foremost on like surface level, right? Cause we all have this persona of who we are. And even though we have an ideal self, that's me on my deathbed, right? I'm going to be awesome. You're going to be awesome. We're all going to be awesome. But we magically are going to get there without effort is kind of how our psyche works. And then there's our current self, which is usually how we think of our past self, but we're just a little bit older. You know, like we've talked about imposter syndrome. I get that all the time. You know, I give presentations. Sometimes I'm talking about raising capital with a prospective investor. And what pops into my mind is like trying to skateboard on a half pipe when I'm like 14 years old. Like, why would that guy talk to me? Um, you know, but so what I think people want is they want to not make a mistake because they want to be whole at the end of the day and they want to feel good and they want to not have people point a finger at them and say, you tried to do something different and you failed. Ha 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 ha. And so part of what I do in my therapy work for entrepreneurs, we've got a, a STARS method. Uh, and the T part of it is we tear apart our internal messages. So these messages mm -hmm. that we get from people who uh, were, were seminal in our lives growing up, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncles, sisters, you know, coaches, they all teach us great stuff. And that's awesome because we wouldn't be who we are and where we are without them. Yeah. But some of the messages that we got aren't serving us. And so it's taking a look at all those messages, figuring out which ones serve us and which ones don't. And what I've found is the people who put in the time and effort to do that usually feel much freer because you say, oh, I don't want to invest in real estate. I want to stick with a 401k because I've always taught that, you know, if you go into real estate or business or something, you'll get scammed or a tenant will ruin this. Why? Because great uncle John owned a place forever ago mm -hmm. and never went there. And his hired hand lived there and got drunk and shot the place up and shot the hot water heater and it exploded. And there was an insurance policy. You know, every family has these kind of folklores, these traditions that get handed down time to time. And it, it turns into like SOPs for living, you know, standard operating procedures. You don't yeah. get into real estate investing because it's a headache. You don't hire 50 people because it's headaches. Yeah. You do it yourself because mm -hmm. there's no system on earth that's going to help you manage 50 people. Dare they be happy and productive, you know? And so I think we get a lot of our limiting beliefs by core beliefs of our ancestors, and mentors growing up, parents mm -hmm. included and family, and they just become internalized. And fighting against them is so difficult because we learn them at such a young age. Mm -hmm. I notice that with my daughter when I'm talking business budgets with my wife because she's the CFO of our, our companies. And just this past week, I'm talking about the budget. We got to re redo the budget and she's in charge of the budget. So, hey, babe, how's the budget coming? Oh, come on just back off, you know, cause she's feeling internal anxiety cause she wanted to get it done. Didn't get it done. I'm asking about it. And then meanwhile, my daughter is asking what's wrong with the budget. 
and we're teaching her a little bit about money. So it's like, yeah. this isn't a money issue. It's tracking the money issue. So it's, you know, it's pointing out the things that are giving us anxiety and I'm sure we'll put stuff on her and she's, you know, um, you know, going to be laying on the couch in therapy in 20 years anyway, no matter what we try to do. <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to say is um, we're trying to detail and be transparent about what we're doing and what we're thinking, because we know that it's going to become who she is. Hmm. Yeah, man. I like that. I, I, in, and speaking of kids, like they don't learn, you know, I, I love that you're teaching them about money and, and I think it's so important. Like I, I just figured out that I could pay my kids and write it off in the business. So I was like, well, <laughs> I said, I have a, I have a nine and an eight year old girl and then a two year old boy. So anyway, I, I, I get the nine and eight and get some production out of them. Uh, I got one that loves organizing and then one that loves shooting content with me. Um, cool. so we, uh, we do that together, but, um, you know, all I'm trying to do though, is pay them a little hourly money. So they understand like the value money, right? Like, and, and, and then when they go spend it and they have their 20 or $30, they, they, they try to maximize the value of the money too. So it's like a money mindset at a young age, I think is like, everyone should be teaching this. I, because I don't want what happened to me from my parents, right? Like I only knew as much as my parents. And um, of course, people listening to this, it's like, you know, you need to educate yourself on why thinking outside the box is a true form of investment. You were making $19 an hour. And then now you're a real estate investor, uh, you know, uh, over a decade ago. And, and, and now you've suddenly became an entrepreneur. Um, you know, what's the, now that you're in the path of entrepreneurship a little bit, uh, uh, you know, and, and talking about real estate specifically entrepreneurs, right. Am I, am I speaking about that? Right. What, uh, you know, what struggles do you see? Let's say, let's just talk about you first. What struggles do you have and how do you overcome them? Knowing oh, what yeah. you know. In, in business. Yeah. So, uh, my struggles are that I'm a terrible with details and I'm awful at operations which is like exactly what business is, right? Yep. Business is a systems of systems and I'm awful at systems. I don't yeah. know why, but I just found out about this disc score. Have you heard of the disc? Yeah, we use PI and disc. Oh, um, sure. So sure. both yeah, of them. Predictive, predictive index. index. Yeah, in that, yep. I'm a, in that I'm a maverick. In yep. disc, I'm a 99D, 99I, 20S, and a 10C. Okay. In fact, the guy, the guy who was reading off my disc to me said, I'm really happy you're still with us because you really don't care about details at all. And it's so true. It's frustrating for me, but for some reason it, it's been empowering over the past year since I found that out yep. because I have tons of ideas and tons of ambition. I love creating communities. I love helping people. I love talking to people and uh, uh, forming relationships and connections and thinking about things differently. I do not like doing the same thing every day. I could mm -hmm. not be a concrete worker pouring concrete. I tried concrete in our patio last summer. It's, it's, it's off. It's awful. I got to yeah. jackhammer it, but um, it, uh, it was a hot day. And the guy was like, I think it has settled when I was trying to work it. But and anyway, uh, I can't <laughs> do that every day. I like novel stuff yeah. and I'm awful at, at details. And yeah. so I, I just hired a virtual assistant about six weeks ago. Cool. Um, and I have no idea how to talk to her. Like yeah, I know I... how to treat her like a human and talk to her, but I have no idea how to tell her what to do, mm -hmm. you know? Cause she's like, okay, how do we do, 
you know, LinkedIn posts and your LinkedIn videos. It's like, well, I wake up, I have coffee and I'm like, oh yeah, Mark was talking about imposter syndrome. Let's do a thing on imposter syndrome. Like it's, there's no system there. Right. And so I've got to create systems. So thankfully I have another, uh, a person in another mastermind I'm working in who for some reason believes in me and my work and wants to see me succeed. And she's more of like that integrator role where she called me and said, Chris, we're going to meet every Monday and we're going to figure this out. And so I have like a bunch of homework to like figure out like standard operating procedures. And Mark, let me tell you, I, I could be in a group of guys who are all in prison for killing their wives. And I will feel more at home than sitting down trying to create standard operating procedures. Like it is so stressful for me because I'm just, I'm not wired that way. Yeah. And so my struggle right now and my opportunity that I'm really hopeful for in the near future here is bringing on some operations because, you know, we, we all uh, fall to the level of our systems. As James Clear says, I, I am at a system of uh, flying by the seat of my pants. I can inspire people. I can get people on board, but how do we onboard? Uh, We don't have a system, you know, like how do we deliver deliverables? I don't know. I'll find it and give it to you. So I'm really hopeful and excited about the next level. Yeah. Uh, just to speak, well, you're, you're a visionary, right? Like, uh, I don't, we, we've ran EOS at our business for five mm-hmm. years now and, or yeah. at least three or four years, maybe, sorry. And, uh, you know, Mavericks are, I mean, exactly what you said, non, you don't like the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to, you want to keep things moving forward, but you have no idea how to create and pull the, the <laughs> ship along. Um, I'm a persuader. It's still in the visionary class of things. Um, I can't create a system to save my life. You know, I, I can, if I sit down and like, it's painful for me, I'm sure it's painful for you. Um, um, so, but you need to find a COO. You got to find that integrator. Sometimes that can be coaches. Uh, you, it's funny how you said you hired a, a VA. So with a VA, very analytical detailed people that can push a process to a VA works phenomenal. If you don't even like process, hiring a VA is almost a complete waste because they're like, well, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And, and VAs test your processes really <laughs> to, I mean, they test them and they won't, you know what I mean? You won't get the result you want. You'd be like, dang, what, what happened? The process sucks. So um, you know, we have a lot of people at our company now, and, and it's not even like a guy who knows my role, but he's very detailed and he understands processes and he creates a lot of the processes, even though I just have to like tell him to him. And then, you know, we start writing it down mm-hmm. and, and getting it out. And, um, yeah, it's an integrated role. Like I, I meet with Ryan Pineda, much a visionary. He's a master mm-hmm. delegator, meaning he doesn't do, you know, he doesn't do anything cause he's not good at it leading, you know, he's a good leader and visionary. Um, but he's got a right-hand man. That's a COO, uh, who's a captain, which in the PI index is basically, he loves process and he loves, uh, driving the ship really hard. And, and I'm struggling to find, I got to find that person too, Chris. So I I've been in this journey for 13 years, but, uh, hardcore integrator, I still need, you know, I got one for one of my businesses, but I need it for the other now. And, and, uh, it's a growing thing, but yeah, that's all funny because I struggled with the same things. I hired a VA and she's like, well, what do you want me to do today? 
um i don't know do what you did yesterday i guess i'm really mm-hmm. not sure yeah it's like i need you to get in my brain think exactly what i need you to do and then like do that like we're probably not far off from that like no. think about how cool that would be if like suddenly <laughs> like we we both wear these like professor x hoods and then ai like transfers the information you know you but it'll probably get hacked what's that you don't have that as a therapist is that like technology coming out yeah yeah no we just give hugs and people are fine yeah <laughs> and then we don't get what we want and then we're pissed and yeah, then yep. oh yeah at the, i have to end the session with telling you exactly what you want to hear so that you come back yeah so you come right? back yeah um well good well, <laughs> well that's good. great i can i ask you a question about your search for an integrator yeah because i find that fascinating because you're someone who i admire and look up to in terms of like business operations yeah, and here you have fifty employees. I mean, you're do, you're you're killing it, man, and you're growing. Yeah, like you're not fifty employees and you used to have a hundred. Like you're fifty and you used to have five. Like you yeah, are, right. like going up there, man. And so, like, how do you keep going uh, without an integrator? And how do we find these integrators? Because by nature, they have their pencils down doing work, and us loud, boisterous visionaries are out there doing stuff needing this integrator so how do you find one and then how do you work with them once you get them on board yeah so i should say i have mac construction is obviously like my original company i formed 13 years ago and and we have like a we have a general manager that runs like runs the whole ship and then we have good people underneath him uh project managers and vps and stuff um and they're all integrators, you know, they're, they are operational mindsets. So uh, I shouldn't say I don't have any, I'm looking one because as I buy more businesses, as I buy more real estate, it's all the nitty gritty details. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get more investors, you know what I mean? You got to have a guy that's very detailed and kind of driving to push, to grow the ship on this side as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm just speaking like Mac capital and, and where we develop more properties and buy more properties. So uh, I'm trying to look for a COO to really drive that ship on this side, um, uh, more of a global, you know, so uh, Ryan Pineda has several companies. Um, he's the visionary, but he has Javi who runs all the, all the companies, but every company mm-hmm. still has a uh, operator, you know, that, that, you know, reports up to his COO. So sure. um, I think it's just, as I keep growing, I realize that, uh, if I want to own more businesses and not have more problems, I'm going to need that CEO. Um, oh yeah. That makes sense. So the person who, who, who um, tells all the other managers, like, here's how we're going to do things. And here's how we manage things. Here's how we manage the details. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I totally get that with Mac capital because, you know, uh, there's so much with onboarding investors, reaching investors, communicating to them, yeah. communicating to tenants, communicating to, you know, insurance companies, all that kind of stuff. Like that stuff makes me really sweaty, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. And and yeah. so that's awesome. I, I can definitely see the need for having someone who understands all that stuff. Yep. And funny story here. Uh, the person who is my volunteer integrator. Yeah. Uh, I was telling her how I hired a VA for 15 hours, but I can't seem to find work for her, even though I'm like struggling, you know, and, and she, we're going through the business and she said, I don't even think we'll need the full 15 hours for the VA. And I'm like, Oh, I hate slash love you. Cause that's awesome work. Uh, yeah. you know, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
it's it's hard to hire now too but you gotta i think the more that you're on social media you'll find people so like ryan pineda how he found all of his integrators and operators is literally through social media they they oh. liked him they followed him they know his personality they like his culture mm -hmm. um and it helped him find that integrating person um and that's kind of helping me today so at some point you know i'll market this heavier and that i'm looking for a coo and um, to reach out to me. So I, I just haven't marketed it yet, but mm -hmm. I'm hoping to pull that person from my social media. Cause they know who I am as a person. They know how, you know, I fit and they know that I love real estate and construction and, and the things that in investing. So, um, it's just, uh, yeah. So th that's how we pulled everybody and it worked really well for him. He's got a great team. So, um, that's amazing. I'm learning from and him. We, we were speaking about limiting beliefs earlier and you just pointed one of mine out that you would um you wouldn't use social media to find someone to hire but yeah. social media is the new resume and social media you get a behind the scenes look of how this culture is going to yeah. uh, of your company is going to run because i think we've all taken a job where you're like what's it like to work here oh it's great everyone's super happy and then you arrive the first day and you're like i was lied to where yeah. now with social media you kind of get a more interactive view of behind the scenes so right. thank you for pointing out a limiting belief of mine that social media is just for social media. Yeah. No, it's for hiring and creating culture and all that kind of stuff too. So that's great. Yeah. So I'll see you on Instagram soon too then doing video. Oh yeah, Insta. I'm on Insta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, what, uh, so what, how, how is your, you know, who are, who can you help in your business today? I want to talk more about that and more about, you know, mental health as an entrepreneur is like such a huge topic because our minds are, <laughs> depends on the day, depends how many punches in the face that week. Um, mm -hmm. you know, what, what can you do to help people and, and how, how do you do that? Yeah. Great question. Thanks for asking. And I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, uh, have a lot of pressure on us. You talked about night sweats. You talked about, you know, anxiety. I've been there too, you know, nights where I'm like, you know, I've got all these like melatonin gummies, like, come on, please, like get some sleep, you know, like the sleepless nights. And it's almost like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. You know, I think before I've purchased every one of our properties and we don't have a ton, you know, but I think before we purchase every one, I've had sleepless nights, mm. you know, just like that's the way I process, you know, it, but that's not good for me and that's not sustainable. Right. You know, um, and I think a lot of us have these different like life systems that are unsustainable. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of pressure on us to be a family man, to, um, you know, be fit, physical fitness, take care of your mind take care of your body, uh, plus create content, plus hire and fire, plus you're doing culture, plus you're giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. um, where's the time for me? You know, and, and are we selfish if we say no to stuff? I think we've been conditioned to think so. Mm -hmm. um, plus most of us are, um, blazing our own trail as much as, you know, I thought beforehand that people who created businesses were handed those businesses. That's not the case. Almost nobody who's a millionaire these days, which isn't that much anymore, but almost nobody was given a silver spoon at birth. You know, most people become entrepreneurs because things were so crappy that they want to make a different life and it's worth it to go for it. Mm. And what are the sacrifices that you have to do to get there? We've all been there, right? 
It's the sleepless nights, the sacrificing going to the graduation party. It's I can't make it tonight, babe. No, I'm not going to be on this basketball team. Uh, sure, I'll work until midnight. Okay, now it's one. Okay, now it's two. And my alarm is at 430. You know, all those kinds of things that we do that we sacrifice take a toll on us, especially as, you know, visionaries, persuaders, as leaders. Uh, our job is to create culture. Mm -hmm. Our job is to feel so good ourselves that other people are inspired to follow in our footsteps that people want to sell us this apartment building because we give them a fuzzy feeling during the investor pitch, you know, or whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. We need to get out there and talk to brokers, talk to investors, talk to the workers, you know, uh, vendors, tenants, whatever that might be. We have to wear a lot of hats. And here's the part of it that I think is the most difficult is when you're an entrepreneur, what you get is the opportunity to create your own life. Mm. What you give up is the safety of I go here every day from nine to five, and then I come home. Mm. And I, I don't <clears throat> think people talk about that enough, that you're out there on your own a lot. Mm -hmm. There is something to be said about having a boss. As much as bosses get ragged on, what they do is they give us structure in our lives. Kids thrive in structure. I need to know when bedtime is, when we eat, when mountain bike camp is, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Structure makes us feel safe. In companies, cultures, all about safety, leadership, personal developments, all about safety. And so I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, in my rant soon here, I'm just oh, very impacted by this. Yeah, no, um, I want to hear. Because what I think is, is we have to blaze our own trail. And it's awesome. But when you've been blazing your own trail, you're like, am I still on the right trail? Like you're the one holding the machete in front of the jungle. You can go in the wrong direction a lot. Mm -hmm. And people will follow you in that wrong direction until they start to figure it out. And there's a mutiny. And it, it's just a difficult role to be in. And so I think like tending to mental health. And I'm not even talking about coaching. I'm not talking about mindset. I'm talking about mental health, man. Yeah. I'm talking about therapy issues. I'm talking about what do you do to control negative thoughts? How is your self-talk looking? What's your vision for your life? Are you on it? Are you not on it? It happens all the time where we get off our vision, where we're just kind of going through the motion. What's giving you juice? What's giving you mojo? Who's in your corner? What are you doing? Where are you spending your time? What are you avoiding? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that an entrepreneur thinks about every single day. It's amazing we get any sleep or fun time or time to create content or uh, brag yeah. about the cigars we're having on LinkedIn. You know, it's a, uh, yeah. and, that, and that's what you see, right? And yeah. so social comparison is huge because we have all these mentors, all these people we admire but we see they're on stage and I only see my offstage dressing room getting ready. Mm, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. But you can, the reason why you can't is because you're not doing it. It's, it's really the only reason we all have gifts. We all have talents. We all have something special burning inside of us. Yeah. Who, who dares figure that out? You know, I want to talk to that person and help that person get to that next level. And the way right. I do it is I've got, um, you know, group and one-on-one -on -one stuff. We've got a, a stars method. So basically what we do is we take a look at 
what are all the messages that you have right now? Who are you right now? We go back, the T is tear apart, you know, all about those limiting beliefs and those core yeah. values that you were taught growing up. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the future. And what we do is we think about your funeral. We talk about your ideal self, you know, who's going to be there? What are people going to say about you at your funeral? We step into the afterlife and mm. we talk to God and we say, hey, God, how did I do? Um, and then we go back um, and we take a look at um, the people who gave us messages growing up and that kid we were growing up internalizing all those messages and giving that kid permission to say, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Things are actually different. That's not true. This person loves you and they want to keep you safe. This is why they're saying it, but you can dare to do something different. And when that mm. happens, uh, we found that there's like an authenticity that just explodes. Like a guy mm. I'm working with right now. Yeah. Didn't mention this at all. We, we've been working together for maybe eight weeks. Didn't mention it at all. So we're working together because he's got five businesses yeah. and he wants to expand these businesses and do more and create a culture of like fun and happiness because that's what the businesses are all about. They're all about like short-term rentals that are like Instagram worthy, you know? Okay. So creativity is huge. Never mention it all. All of a sudden we're logging on for one of our sessions. He's like, by the way, I met a babe. I was like, oh. So you wouldn't believe what happens when you are authentic. And you yeah. can read every book you want. And you can uh, watch every YouTube video about being authentic and being yourself. And please do. Mm -hmm. um, what I do is I help people go through those processes and add some context to all that content. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. I. I think it's such a, you know, I was seven years in business and my, my mentor was still my dad. I only knew what I knew. Right. And I didn't realize that at some point in business or in life, you have to change mentors. I had to, I had to reach out. It was uncomfortable. Uh, it was the first time that I, you know, that was around when I had all these anxieties and it's kind of like yours. It's like you help them push through those limiting beliefs, which I get lots of weird thoughts in my head. You know what I mean? Like they come and they go, they can be negative. Um, you know, I am an optimistic person, which um, I think is a good trait. I think just as visionaries like you and I, we are more optimistic. We think the future is going to be brighter. Um, my dad, unfortunately, is more of a pessimistic. He always, you know, he's always shorting the stock market or negative, you know, and, you know, a couple things that were I think a lot of that stimulates from the news. A lot of the boomers were always watching the news. And it's like, I talk, if you want one positive thing to improve your life, stop watching the news. Like, don't even listen to any of it. They're literally, mm -hmm. it's a regulation for the stock. I don't know, stock market or it, it's all negative because negative things hit harder, right? They do, mm -hmm. they perform better. And uh, I get that. But yeah, like the three things that helped me through my like, seven years into business and then me to get over the hump and like realize like I need to do something else or I'm going to probably just quit and go get a job and have someone else. You know, I've thought that 20 times when I've been in business, you know, more, more than that, probably uh, a ton more, but you know, I had to find a new mentor. I knew that. And, and I didn't know that, but I, after listening and, and getting the second thing being curious, curiosity is what brought me to like the next level because then I was like, well, why is that guy super rich? Why am I pouring concrete every day? And that guy's, you know, headed to the lake at Thursday afternoon or whatever, you know, and why, 
why is that guy super wealthy? He's got money and he doesn't even work anymore. And he's 42 or 45, like Chris and uh, 42. And, uh, you know, and then the third thing actually surprised me was physical activity. I was drinking and I, a concrete worker and, uh, you know, was, I, I couldn't, I was just covering, I was masking the problem with, you know, alcohol or whatever. And physical activity actually led me down a path of a lot of clarity for my brain. And I, I started listening to books while working out and I started listening to inspirational content. Um, I didn't like have a physical mentor, like whether it was Grant Cardone or some of the books that I read, some of the authors, it's like, I just didn't have people around me at that time that I could just go find and pull them in. No one was willing to help me, but you know, these mentors are, are the circle of people that I helped me push through that barrier uh, you know, I just led down my curiosity and, you know, so mentors, curiosity and physical activity is what literally pushed me through it. Um, and I don't know, you know, you have all sorts of different clients, I'm sure with different, different limiting beliefs and, and factors, but that was some of the stuff that helped me really push. And now I like, I can't stop preaching how to educate yourself more each day. Uh, you know, spend some time on LinkedIn, spend some time on YouTube university. You know what I mean? You can learn mm -hmm. anything you want. You want to learn how to be better on social media, YouTube it. If you want to learn how to, you know, raise money for cap, uh, raise money for apartment projects, you know, go on LinkedIn. There's some of the best people in this country on there putting content to help you through it. And they're doing it today. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, and you know, that's kind of a, a thing that's helped me you know, now 13 years into this, now I just want to help others, you know, and, and really provide value, things like these podcasts, things like LinkedIn content, social medias, helping people really fulfills, you know, it really fills me up. So I just, that, that's what keeps my mental stability now for myself. So I'm preaching to you what, what worked for me, but I, um, yeah, it, I think anyone an entrepreneur listening to this, like be very vulnerable, like don't, don't know it all. I, I was the arrogant uh, concrete worker that could pour mud with the best of them. Um, but that didn't get me anywhere. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I, I regret those seven years and not reaching out to someone bigger or helping, you know, finding someone. So I just don't want them to go through the same path. So I think, you know, finding a guy like Chris and, and to help push you through it's, uh, we can do anything physically. We can do anything we want. It's all right between our ears though, is like, is where the limit really is. So that, mm -hmm. that, that's just some of my story about, you know, how I face that, but I don't think this is talked about enough, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the entrepreneur. Was, I mean, Mark, that was beautiful, man. I yeah. mean, that was awesome. Uh, part of me is mad because I think you're trying to steal my job, but no, I, I, it's fantastic, man. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that you figured it out like what works for you. Um, and, and I love that you're spreading that message. Uh, I once saw a quote that said, you know, like the pinnacle of business is three traits, uh, be generous, be curious and be humble. Mm. And I think that you are like stepping into that man. Yeah. Like you're becoming that wise old owl. It's <laughs> fantastic to see. Yeah. I mean, you, you clearly are curious about learning more. Mm -hmm. You're generous. I mean, look at us right here. You, you got me here talking about this stuff. You're sharing your own story. Yeah. And be humble is embrace who you are and who you are not. Because right. it's it's true. 
it's reality of it. And I've had a lot of those limiting beliefs too, you know, going to like syndication masterminds. Yeah. I've got four doors, you know, and I'm stepping into a syndication mastermind. Like, <laughs> yeah. how, how dare I? Yeah. And I know in my head that you should be the dumbest guy in the room, right? How many times have we heard that quote? Be the dumbest yeah. guy in the room. Yeah. Well, it is hard as hell to be the dumbest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And it is really hard to be the smallest fish in a huge pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can overcome that, and I, to be honest, I'm not quite there 100% working on it. But if you can be okay asking questions and saying what you know and don't know in a world of people who are uh, much bigger than you, Mm-hmm. Man, the sky is the limit right there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good on you for doing that. Yeah. And one th- one plug for physical activity here is um all the antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication that gets prescribed to people. And I don't do that. I I I'm um I guess I can say my opinion here. We're not like um no, no, at, say it as any, it is. Any yeah. sort of work is uh, I'm I'm anti-medicine, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm pro food, I'm pro vegetable, I'm pro sweat. Sweat, mm-hmm. sweating, um, it, it does all the things that anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication tries to do. Just mm-hmm. get out there and sweat, man. Yeah. You know, that's the best thing you can do for your for your body. And it's amazing how have you noticed this that it like if you sweat in a day, that it's just way easier to focus. Yeah. Do you get that? I, everything. I I I do it 6 a.m. or 5 30 every morning. Uh I'm doing CrossFit now and uh and I, and I sweat and, yeah. and it, it, it just hits different every day. Um, and you know, they push you at CrossFit. Right. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I think just, just having that push every day and, and sweat and, and then you go into your day and you're like, you're just like the energizer bunny that, that runs or, you know what I mean? Like you just got a, mm-hmm. a clear mental picture in your head of what you want your day to be. And dude, it, it literally changed my life. Like, uh, I fell off that bandwagon for a long time. And mm-hmm. that that's what, that, that was one Me big too. I go back and forth and I'm not into CrossFit like you are, like riding my bike. Yeah. And one of the things I love about riding a bike is like, you can go pretty fast. You can feel the breeze, dude. You can smell lilacs. We still got some lilacs in the woods yeah. by my house, you know, and you can see and hear stuff that's a little bit differently. So it helps me think and, and be creative in that way. I, gotcha. I love that, but I, I got to try CrossFit. I've got a couple of buds that are trying to get me into that. I was at a, a, a friend's party uh, the other day and he's got a bench press in the basement. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh, come on, man. Come on, old man. Get on there. And I just ripped off 30, 30 freaking reps right there, bud. Like, Hey, pour Dang. me another margarita, man. Come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're ready. Then. Yeah. He wasn't expecting me to do that, but it's like, come on, man. This is the way that I calm down, you know, okay. and you were talking about uh, clients I see and, and everyone wants flow state, right? Okay. And what are the 10 best tricks of flow state? There's like a LinkedIn post for you. Here's the 10 best uh, tricks for getting into flow state at work. Number one, chuck your phone away. Number two, go on CrossFit with Mark and you don't even need three through 10. I mean, that's, that's it. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 The just... rest is just fluff, right? You don't need a 2000 thread pillow. Whatever. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just go it's... get sweaty. Chuck your phone away. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and you can put your phone away. Uh, I always talked about this. 
when people go on airplanes, now all airplanes have Wi-Fi, you know what I mean? And, and people can get on their phones, but you, like I do most of my writing when I'm on an airplane. I have like, I have nowhere to be, the, the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and no one, the outside world can't even touch me uh, for two or three hours because we're in North Dakota. So anywhere is a two or three hour flight. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, I can just sit and type and type and type and like, shit, the most brilliant things are on an airplane. So it's like, I got to keep mm -hmm. flying to keep writing. Um, but mm -hmm. I struggle though when I'm in my own settings and, and listening to all the noise of all the notifications. And, and I try to, you know, my favorite mode on my phone now is the, the focus mode on the Apple, mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? And, and just mm -hmm. shut it down. Um, and I can just, I can just think a lot more clear. Uh, just mm -hmm. the clarity is, is much better. So I love that uh, too. Here's a little uh, psychological study that they did about people who were dating. I, I love okay. that there's so much research about there about dates, but, yep. um, okay. So there was three scenarios. One scenario where two people go on a date, no phones, right? They got along. Well, I think there was a second date, like 80% of the time Dang. next, next, they went on a date, but each person received one text and one phone call. There were almost no second dates, but here is the, the punchline. If you go on a date with someone and the phone is visible on top of the table, but it never rings, there's almost no second dates because we're not, we're not immersed in the present. We're not immersed in the experience of living, you know, we're somewhere else. And so I love airplanes too. I love road trips for getting away and like thinking that's, that's kind of one of my things. I love driving even by myself. I love driving long distances. I think that's great. Anything you can do where you're getting yourself in an environment where you literally can't communicate with others is really cool. It's like the modern, it's like the adult version of like building a fort in your living room. Like no one knows <laughs> I'm here and it's super fun. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, well, my listening skills are probably not as good as yours, but I, you know, that's one of my traits of being present. Like I have to do that. Cause if my folk, like <clears throat> entrepreneur visionary, so our minds are always thinking about the next thing. So it's, it's, it's crazy to me that you are as good a listener as you are and you, but you're, you're a visionary. So I know that you, you know what I mean? I know that you're thinking about a lot of things, um, but you can be very present. So I, I struggle with that. That's, that's one of my weaknesses um, on a podcast. Like we're on today though, it's just you and I, everything's on focus. Nothing's going to bother me. And uh, um, that's what I've loved about doing social media. Actually, I can turn my phone on focus mode quite often and, mm. and just sit and and do my thing. So, um, it helps a lot, but yeah, it, that's, that is interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to let some of my younger concrete guys know that that's a, that's a factor when dating. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they're concrete guys. So they probably drink C4 maybe like these C4 <laughs> Skittles flavors. So yeah. yeah, have two of those, put your phone away. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> um, all right, Chris, I got a few questions for you. Yes, sir. Um, to wrap this thing up, um, what is one of your biggest fears? Oh man, you went right there, huh? Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to go. Deep um, away. I think my biggest fear is probably that my family falls apart. Okay. You know, um, I I don't really fear too many other things. I had a big scare. I wrote about it in that in that book, Next Level of Your Life. I had a big scare. I had a real um, shitty afternoon about seven years ago. I had a newborn. Uh, she was three months. My wife was going through terrible postpartum depression. 
uh, was crying all the time, um, was wanting to die. Um, and I went to the doctor and um, I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease and I was handed a pamphlet and I was told that I would um, have a probably 10 years until dialysis and maybe 15 or 20 until I was in the box. And, uh, and then I went and picked up my newborn from the, well, she was three months from daycare and went home and my wife uh, was like, I, I want to die. And so I was like, that was a, a shitty afternoon and that like changed me big time because before then i was like a type b guy um one of the blessings of that afternoon is i got an incredible amount of ambition and focus and clarity Mm. about who i want to be in my life i think before that point i um could have gone a a number of different directions we were just starting with real estate investing and after that i went like full on into it and so like i went into hero mode right I wanted to protect my wife, protect my daughter, protect me at all costs. And now uh, I don't have kidney disease somehow. I beat it. Um, listening to wow. your doctor. Yeah, listening to your doctor is good. And so I changed my diet like all around. Uh, my wife uh, has been in like full recovery for several years. Awesome. You know, my daughter, I told, she's at mountain bike camp right now killing yeah. it. They're too, Dad, we're hitting the tube today. You know, it's like, all right. <laughs> so, I mean, things are great. Um, but I still have that worry in the back of my mind at times that things are going to fall apart or that things can fall apart. Yeah. And whenever I kind of like take my foot off the gas, which is what I'm working on in life, um, taking, that's what my therapist is trying to get me to do is to like have moments of like quiet pride where I'm like, look at what I did. This is awesome. Yeah. It seems like every time I take my foot off the gas, I get this feeling like you better put that foot back on the gas, bud. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's a, that's a big fear of mine right now is that I've, um, my family will fall apart. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's deep. That's great. Great story. Great. Uh, great ending. I, uh, one last question for you. Uh, I'll leave it easy on you. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Oh yeah. I mean, we talked about it a bunch. It's great. Yeah. Unfollow the herd means, Hey, do your own thing. Be you. Um, uh, it doesn't m- mean be a contrarian, not to me anyway. Mm -hmm. It just means be you, like be who you are. Of course, you have to be a part of some sort of herd. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about mentors. We talked about the power of network and family and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But to unfollow the massive herd, it's be you. Dare to be you. Be courageous. Mm -hmm. Look inside of yourself and see who you actually are and dare to be that person because you are going to be rewarded for going on that trip. Yeah, that is awesome, man. I, I love that. What? Uh, so how do we hear more about Chris? Where do we find you? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there every day. Okay. Um, I, I talk about um, therapy for entrepreneurs. I talk about the psychology of it, of money. I talk about the psychology of achievement, overcoming limiting beliefs, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, hit me up there. Find me. Let me know if you like this stuff or yeah. Send me a hateful DM. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's not always hateful. Um, no. And and when did your book come out? My book came out in January. So January. it came out about six months ago. Yeah, it was crazy. So I was asked to write a, a chapter in this. Talk about sharing your story. No yeah. one, I, I, I was at a convention, the littlest fish in the world. And I had lunch next to Kyle Wilson, Jim Rowan's longtime partner. Uh, had no idea who he was. 
uh, was just kind of like shooting the crap with him. And he's like, tell me your story. I was like, well, I'm a social worker turned real estate investor. It's not really that big of a deal. I'm not that yeah. intriguing of a guy. And he's like, holy crap. Will you write a chapter in this book? It's like, sure. And so I wrote a chapter, which was harder to do than you think. So people who write a whole book, holy cow, like hats off to you. Kudos. That is hard work. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, um, you know, I, I'm not the only one who was in the book. There's uh, about 30 other co-authors and okay. it's books about, or stories about inspiration, about overcoming obstacles, things like that. And it went number one uh, bestseller in like 12 different countries or something like that. And like, it was just crazy. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to buy that baby. I gotta, I gotta go find that. And that's on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can find okay. it there. Next, okay. Just type okay. in next level of your life. It's there. And then if they want to work with you, is it chrisconnects.co? Yep, chrisconnects.co. It's okay. interesting because um, chrisconnects.co is all about real estate investing for oh. mental health experts. But yeah. lately I've been dipping into mental health support for entrepreneurs. So it's like a, a mutual thing, you know? Okay. Like, let, yeah. Let's get mental health people passive income. Let's get people who create passive income more mental health so we can like all, you know, all the ships can rise up. So yeah, find me there. I'm doing a, a growth group right now. It's like our beta test growth group. Yeah. And so we're, um, we have a waiting list for our group coming up in September. And so I'm excited to share that with people because I think um, we can really change some lives. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I love how they're working backwards. You know what I mean? Like. Entrepreneurs also yeah. need the mental health, and uh, um, man, I yes. appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and and uh, maybe I was asking, uh, I could have asked you more questions, and you could have probably asked me more questions. But I this this is a good. I think a lot of people struggle in this area, and and uh, I think I, I don't know. I think you're gonna end up changing some lives, even even by the end of the year. You you already have some groups growing um and a september group so guys if you are interested in his one of his programs reach out on uh linkedin or chrisconnects.co and uh he'd be happy to help i'm sure uh chris thanks mm -hmm. so much Absolutely. for joining me we're here to make lives yeah thank you mark thank I you so much for having me but dude it was an i feel like we could talk forever yeah this was yeah awesome. nah, we, very nice talking with you we went longer i i only had one podcast i was like i i am super curious about this topic because i think I, I just think it's a huge space and, and it's, and it's not saturated. There's not enough help in it, you know, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of people out there struggling. So yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I and here's my spiky point of view about this space is that you're right. There are the, the need is huge, but it's hard to raise your hand and say, I need help with this. Right. So it's just like pushing out content, helping people as much as we can. Mm -hmm. But my spiky point of view on this is it bugs me when people are like mindset coaches Mm. and maybe it's my own limiting beliefs because like dude i've got a ton of student loans and i went to school for like 18 bajillion years you know to like get the credentials yeah to know how to take someone apart and put someone back together and so i think there's a little something different that i'm doing which is a little deeper than a lot of other coaches mm. i got it man i we, we might even work together here soon too i uh it's always a struggle i think for any entrepreneur they need to be vulnerable I wish mm -hmm. I would have done it earlier in my career. I would have sure helped me boost. I would have, I don't even know where I'd be. It's like the seven years I regret. Uh, I did a lot of good things those years, but 
I should have had my mindset right. I could have grown even faster. So I, well, you know, if there was a conflict theory psychologist right here sitting next to me, that person would probably be like smoking a pipe and being a trench coat. They'd be like, well, Mark, you needed those seven years of conflict to push you to where you needed to be. Mm, So be grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's all the journey. And uh, I, I had a lot of, yeah, I learned a lot. It's like, you don't regret it, but it's like, I knew the one thing that was holding me back. I didn't know that, but I wish I'd have known that. So um, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate having you on, man. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure, Mark. Yeah, all the best to you. I love watching you grow and I admire your company so much. All right. Thanks, man.